Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either super curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus... There are special free gifts waiting inside the show notes, (laughs) curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. And if you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. I am here to help you every step of the way. Welcome back to the Shine Within Podcast, a sanctuary where wisdom meets curiosity and the journey to self-empowerment takes center stage. Today, we're honored to have the esteemed Michelle Fondin with us, a luminary whose spiritual quest took flight at 18 and has since soared to remarkable heights. Immersed in the transformative world of yoga, meditation, and Ayurveda since 2008, Michelle's path was shaped by the wisdom of doctors Deepak Chopra and David Simon at the iconic Chopra Center. As an accomplished author with 11 books to her name, including the impactful Twin Flame Union, Seven Keys to a Healthy Twin Flame Journey, and Twin Flame Romance, The Journey to Unconditional Love, her insights have reached far and beyond the printed page. Through her vibrant YouTube channel at Michelle Founden Author, Michelle has touched the lives of over a thousand women with her coaching, and her thoughts once graced the wellness blog of Deepak Chopra himself. With a certified Vedic master title in her repertoire and a successful decade-long tenure running her own yoga studio, she's now embraced the digital space to continue her life's work of nurturing mind, body, and spirit. Join us as we unravel the threads of living a balanced life and delve into her latest book, The Empowered Divine Feminine, a beacon for women navigating the tides of modern existence. Michelle, who calls Los Angeles home, stands as a testament to living with intention and serenity. Prepare to be inspired as we embark on this enlightening conversation. Without further ado, let's welcome Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Gina. I'm really happy to be here and have this discussion with you. Me too. And congratulations on your 11th book, The Empowered Divine Feminine, Becoming an Unstoppable Woman in the 21st Century and Beyond. Show it to those on YouTube here. <laughs> yeah, let's see it. <laughs> yeah, this is the, um, the hardcover copy. This is the first book I have in hardcover as well. So awesome. it was kind of exciting to receive that. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. 
And so I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about, of course, the masculine and feminine energies here, because that's what the book is all about, is about the divine feminine energy and getting rid of that masculine energy that a lot of us have. Maybe some some still have that, but I know I had to let go of mine and I'm living a much more better feminine life <laughs> than I've ever lived before. So can you share a pitiful moment that led you to embrace the divine feminine within yourself? Yeah, I guess when I really realized that I was living more in the masculine yang energy was when I met my twin flame. And I know a lot of listeners might not understand what a twin flame is, but it's just basically very basic terms. It's a soulmate on steroids. It's a very strong soulmate relationship, but I found myself chasing and pursuing my divine masculine, which is a really yang energy. That's a masculine energy. And I was calling the shots. I was just doing all of this stuff and not at all sitting in my more feminine energy and just receptivity and allowing him to come to me. And it was, it was actually then that I had the aha moment of um, this continual pattern that I had had where I felt very feminine, but I was displaying a lot of my frustration through a lot of masculine energy. And that's when I began the deep study within myself to go, hey, I need to stop this because something isn't right here. Like, I, I can't be living in both energies equally. It's exhausting me. Yes, I remember when I was in my masculine energy and that was, I was the one working full time. And then my husband at the time was at home with our son. And I felt like I didn't like that role. You know, I felt like I had like, I had to make sure I had all the money, did all the bills and everything. And then he was at home cooking and cleaning and being mommy pretty much. And it, although it was nice, but it was just off, like it wasn't right. And then that continued until it didn't continue anymore is because that's probably Hey, I don't know, <laughs> probably one of the reasons why I was drinking because I was so unhappy. Now, how can women begin to step out of the shadows of that masculine energy and, and societal expectations? Yeah. And I mean, you bring out a really good point there is that most women since the women's liberation movement, really that it came to fruition mostly in the 60s when women were like, hey, like we deserve a place in the workplace. We can make our own salaries and we can get our own credit cards and sign for our home mortgages, which really didn't happen in the United States till 1974, believe it or not, mm -hmm. that women could have financial freedom because before that they had to have their husbands or their fathers sign to get anything financial. So it was pretty recent, right? So, but women rose up and rightfully so to get the same rights as men. But what they traded off was I need to live and fight in this masculine energy and therefore take on both energies. And then we became the super women of society where we were doing it all. We were going to work full time, raising our kids full time, doing the housework full. We we're just doing everything while the men in our lives were kind of like expecting us to do that because mm. they were expecting us to do the traditional roles of the feminine that had men in society for generations and generations and also to bring home money, bring home the paycheck and work. And, and so we 
we're living in the shadows of the men because first we were not owning ourselves in our power. And we weren't doing that because we were spinning. <laughs> so we were spinning to get our rights, but we did it what well, we did what we needed to do in the beginning. So and for the first 50 years of um, with the women's liberation movement, the modern women's liberation movement, because it did start well before that. We did what we needed to do, but now we're exhausted. Women have autoimmune diseases. So mm -hmm. what we do need to do is embrace our feminine energy and live through that power so that we can own our power and do what we need to do in our lives, but not be obedient to this notion that men have had that we have to do it all. Right. And I don't feel like we need to villainize men because of that. It's just the way things went. Yes. It's because we stepped out of the traditional roles of the old feminine and we took on all these masculine roles, but we didn't voice our opinion and say, hey, wait a minute, we need to not do this. We can't do everything from A to Z. I know, right? It's like, oh, it was it was very challenging. But I, I noticed that I was telling you this before we, we hit record that I actually, after I stopped drinking, I went ahead and got a mentor who taught me a lot about how to be feminine, like mm -hmm. how to put makeup on, how to do your hair, how to, you know, help your man, how to, please <laughs> um, I mean, as far as like, you know, giving the respect and just like our, our original roles, like I had to unlearn everything and had to relearn everything. But I gotta tell you what, it, it's been a wonderful experience being into my feminine being that I am and having my husband now, who we've been married since the end of 2019, um, he's definitely in his masculine. <laughs> so it just works so much better in a relationship. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm like, wow, I'm so happier than I was before because I am doing, I do have my own business. I, I do have my own podcast. You know, I am a mother of three. I do massage therapy, but yet I still cook and clean and I love, and I'm just happy. I feel like I have a great balance. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it is about that balance. I think you're absolutely right. It's about the balance, right? Yeah. It's it's not about necessarily saying we need to take on masculine energy. It's about, we, we all have a little bit of both, but of course, women naturally have more feminine energy. Men have naturally have more masculine energy as a general principle, right? We're not talking about everybody on the planet, but as a general principle, as a general rule. And it's about owning the feminine energy, which is very receptive, and nurturing, right? So mm -hmm. we have been trained, especially in the last 50 years to believe that if we don't go out and obtain something that it's not going to happen. And so we have this fighting spirit when the receptivity of the feminine energy is to just sit and allow things to happen. It doesn't mean that you don't go out and do what you need to do because there are things we certainly need to do, but it is about having faith, allowing, using our own inner power, which is empathy, compassion, being aligned with nature and being aligned with the universe, in which case the good things will come to us. Um, and you mentioned something else about the polarity of you and your husband now that works. And one of the major complications that I've noticed in my clients is that they are having so many problems with their masculine counterparts because it's like 
the two ends of a magnet, right? You have to have opposition in a magnet for it to stick, for it to work. And when there are two people both working in feminine energy or two people both working in masculine energy, they're going to continually repel each other. And so you're going to have issues and problems in your relationship if you're both in the masculine or if you're both in the feminine, there needs to be that polarity. Yeah. So what are some practical steps that women can go ahead and take to tap into that feminine divine power? Right. (laughs) Um, So as I mentioned, the yin energy is receptive. And so I mentioned nature, right? I mentioned nature and aligning yourself with nature. Well, one of the major things that I always talk about is meditation because meditation does help to get you aligned. And meditation really appears to be a passive activity and it actually is, but it also allows you to open up to the alignment of the universe. So it's not like you're sitting there doing nothing. It's almost like you're doing everything because you become like this beacon of light that is saying, okay, mother nature align with me, universe align with me. So it really takes us away from that doing and it turns us into being rather than just doing. So I always recommend to all the women I coach, meditate, meditate, meditate. So that's one. Um, Two is to imagine yourself as a receptive, open vessel to love and good things coming to you. So through visualizations, through positive affirmations, those are all really, really good ways in which you can Think about that feminine receptivity rather than I have to go out and just keep spinning my wheels until I get what I need. Um, Thirdly, in romantic relationships, allow men to do more. And I do talk about this in my book, um, The Empowered Divine Feminine, because so many women that I coach are having major difficulties in their relationships. And especially in the beginning, in the dating phases, is that because women have taken on so much masculine energy, that in the beginning of the dating phase, right, we're talking the first year in dating, women have been taking on more. So they will reach out to their masculine counterpart more. They will text them more. They will call them more. They will chase them more. And the way you can relax into your feminine and allow the masculine counterpart to move more into their yang energy is to allow them to do more. Pull back, sit back, relax. Um, Nothing's going to happen. If something happens that wasn't meant to be. But it's it's all about, really, it's about honoring the essence that is the yin nature. The yin nature is very passive. And I'm not saying don't roll over and be a doormat. I never am a proponent to that. Do not be a doormat to bad behavior. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about allow the yang, the masculine to do more because that's the nature of yang energy. And men are very confused these days because they don't know what to do. Yeah, if we allow them to move more gracefully into their yang energy by moving more into our yin energy, they will because they'll have to. Um, And then the fourth thing that I want to say that is so incredibly important is be careful of feminine competition 
we are all in this together as far as a feminine collective striving to rise into our higher octave of our feminine power and the lower feminine, which you might be asking about Gina, I'm not sure, but we will talk about that in the next question. But I want to finish it off by saying we've been in the lower feminine. The lower feminine is kind of like the lower octave of the fight or flight, the survivalist mode. And many women, friends, sisters, colleagues have been in direct competition with one another. And that's a yang principle. That's a yang energy and so what we really need to learn as a divine feminine is to foster relationships with other women, supporting relationships with other women, and taking that competitive piece out of it. And it'll really help you to relax more into the yin, where women in the collective become much more supportive of one another. Yeah. So the collective, I'm actually part of what's called the collective and it's a female entrepreneur um, collaboration uh, where we all are a collective and we share amongst each other. We'll have them on each other's podcasts. We'll have them, you know, help us with this or that. We'll do exchanges. We're trying to work together. As a matter of fact, I was just in San Diego, uh, close to you almost, <laughs> not too long ago. At, uh, it's called Weekend at the Pitch Club. And we stayed at the Intercontinental Hotel over mm -hmm. in San Diego, downtown San Diego, off Bay Street, Bayfront Street. But amazing. We had, it was just women. And, but the love in there, that's amazing. Amazing. We did like, this is the first time I actually did like some type of like sound bath. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that stuff. You know, I mean, I'm in the whole spa. I love all that stuff. And then we did breathing together and then we were crying together. We were laughing together. <laughs> we were just doing everything together. It was such a transformative like experience. And I, I love that as women, it's, it wasn't about competition because I've been in that group for about over a year now. Amazing. And it's all about just us loving on each other, us supporting each other. Like we're on that Voxer, uh, which is like kind of like a telegram. And then we're messing each other. We'll share our wins. Oh, this is what happened to me in my business, or this is what happened. And we'll be like, yay, emoji, this emoji, that celebration. And I'm noticing now, like where, well, where I'm at as I'm, I feel like I'm attracting more women who are like in their divine using their divine feminine power. So it's amazing. I love that. So you reminded me about the collective. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love hearing that because yeah, we don't in, in mainstream media, we do not see that very often. We see reality shows depicting women in competition with one another. We see, um, you know, just like the nastiness that can happen on social media. So we don't often have pictures of that, of what that looks like. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's interesting because we don't necessarily see that in the masculine collective. We see healthy competition through sports and stuff, but we don't see the cutthroat competition that we see among women. And it's that which does need to change. Yes, it's like that movie Mean Girls. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. With Lindsay Lohan and I forget the other lady's name. Uh where they were like, oh, we're nice to in that one too, I think. Maybe I forget. I think I she forget. was. I think she was in that one. Yeah. yeah. But it's just amazing. Like even in school, I remember like it was all competition, you know, like 
who is the one with the better outfit? You know, who's the one with the better shoes? And it was very hard to find like a group of girls that were just like, was just their their authentic selves, you know. It's just like, why don't you just be yourself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I used to get hated on because I wore dresses in elementary school, and they were like not short dresses, obviously, because I was in an elementary school. But I it forced me to wear pants all the time in sixth grade. I was I turned into a tomboy. In fifth grade, I was getting hated on. And even someone fought me because of that. <laughs> No, fifth <laughs> grade. Come on, like that's little. And then, but I then, and so in sixth grade, I made sure. Oh, I'm just gonna wear pants. I'm never gonna wear a dress again. Aww. Isn't that, that so kind sad? Of, kind of took away how you felt feminine, right? In a way that that was a, an ex, a way of expression. So yeah, and it's too bad. I know. So I was just thinking about it, man, like I have all boys here, so I don't have a daughter. <laughs> I'm like the only female in this household, <laughs> but it'd be nice to have a daughter. So just to teach her, you know, Hey, don't listen to society. Like the TV is fake. It's a tell a tell a lie vision. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so yes. It's just there. And so I know. So a lot of the meditation, I think deep breathing actually really helps and just tapping into that feminine energy always is really good. Now, yeah, so <clears throat> is there anything else that you think that the feminine, having the divine feminine can like transform, you know, our relationships, whether both like professional and personal? Yes. So let's um, dive into the lower feminine versus the higher feminine, because yeah. I think that might be like a newer concept for some listeners to understand. So the way I like to describe it is with the chakra system. I don't know if you're familiar with the chakra system, but um, there are seven main chakras that align the spine. The three lower chakras are the chakras of matter or the physical chakras, right? So mm -hmm. we have physical matter. We're here on earth. This is how we live. And then we have the four upper chakras, which are from the heart on up, which are the chakras of spirit, but really the heart is tying together matter and spirit. And the lower chakras have a high form and a low form. And the lower form of the lower chakras really has to do with fight or flight or survival mode, procreation, which is the second chakra, or addictions, right? Because it's all that watery energy of creativity, which we can create something great, like baking a cake, or we can create something not so great, like gambling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the middle, the solar plexus chakra, which is the ego, right? And the ego, again, self-identity can express itself positively or it can express itself negatively. But unfortunately, throughout society, we've lived as the lower feminine, those lower chakra energies of survival, procreation, and ego. And a lot of this was done because we had to survive the patriarchy. We had to. So a lot of these, these displays of the lower feminine that we see today, the competition, the sexting with guys, sending naked pictures to guys because we're just trying to get, you know, the attention of the guy that the next woman can't get, you know, mm -hmm. um, we see like behavior that is less than stellar, if you will. And a lot of that was brought about by the patriarchy, by the suppression of women, by women just trying to survive and, and get ahead in any way that they could possibly get ahead. And so the lower feminine really hurt us in so many ways. And especially, as I mentioned, as well as once we started to get rights to take on the masculine energy. 
but we took on the lower masculine. We did not take on the higher masculine. And the higher feminine is really from the heart chakra on up, which means that we are operating from our heart, from what we love, our passions, who we love in our lives. The throat chakra speaking our authentic truth, like the authentic truth that resides within our heart. The third eye chakra using our feminine intuition, which all women have natural feminine intuition. We have to, because we're raising children for the most part. And, you know, you always have that mother's instinct, right? That mother's intuition. And then, of course, the crown chakra, which is about connecting to higher source, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. So, yes, definitely. When we tap into our divine feminine energy, we're tapping into those higher chakras. And when we do that, it's going to help us in every single aspect of life. Let's just take intuition So if you're making a decision about your family or your children or your spouse, if you're doing it from fear, fight or flight, the lower chakra, the root chakra, then you're probably not going to make a great choice. Let's say your child comes home crying, saying this kid picked on me at school. If you're in fight or flight, you're going to want to fight with that parent. You're going to want to go over to that kid's house and like give him a talking to But if you're operating from your heart chakra, your authentic truth and your intuition, you can use it as a teaching moment and say to your child, I understand that that child was mean to you, but let's take a moment and just think about maybe what that child was going through. You know, maybe his parents were fighting that day. Maybe he didn't get the love he needed at home. You know, so we take it from a very different perspective, a compassionate perspective. Same goes at work. You talked about at work. Um, Let's just say you and a female colleague are up for the same position at work to get this promotion. You don't get it. Your your female colleague gets the position. If you're operating from the lower feminine, you're going to be angry, jealous, catty maybe with this woman. But if you're operating from the higher feminine, just like your collective group, you're going to cheer her on, even though you lost the position, you lost financially, maybe it was really bad for you, but you're going to look at it from the higher spiritual perspective that that job wasn't meant for me. The next one that comes along will be even better fit, a better fit for me. So yes, it will most definitely help you in all aspects of life as we operate through the divine feminine. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, there's been many times at work because, you know, I do massage therapy. And so, and I've been at the Four Seasons Hotel working there at the spa for about 16 years now. And wow. it's funny because a lot of, a, a chunk of us have been there that long and we're still there. <laughs> so we're like family. And so I noticed like, as the years go by, there's like less competition between the the, the ladies. <laughs> about who what's client gets who and what what what. and um but I notice even for myself like when someone like gets an award or something and this I don't even think about myself anymore I'm like I don't even care about myself at the time it's all about them like congratulations like that is awesome well done well deserved you know and um but maybe before I would have gotten jealous I'm trying to think back it is hard because I used to drink so much that I don't, everything was kind of fuzzy. Out, right? You were numbing out that part. I was numbing out that part. That's probably what it was. Exactly. Yeah. 
But yeah, so and a lot of limiting beliefs too that I had when I was drinking. Now, speaking of about limited beliefs, can you share an example of how letting go on limiting beliefs has transformed your life or the life of someone you've worked with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny because there are a lot of women that I work with have this limiting belief of being like the victim of something, right? And, um, you know, I certainly, for years, I was in a, a very unhealthy marriage. And um, while my husband at the time was not like physically abusive, he was definitely emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And um, I really put that limiting belief and it wasn't even till after I got divorced, right? It wasn't, it wasn't during the marriage. I feel like when you're in it, you're just in it and as crazy as it is, it seems normal. <laughs> it does. It seems normal when you're in something very toxic. It can just seem like it's normal for the longest time before you realize, oh, this isn't normal. It's just absolutely not normal. And I was in this really bad space when I reflected on the things that happened during my marriage, especially like during the divorce period that I just felt like I didn't have any power. That's what I felt. I felt he had all the power. I had none of the power. And I kept repeating that to myself. I said, like, he had all the power in the relationship. He took away my power. I had no power. Look at what has happened because of this. And it was like an old story that I kept repeating to myself. And it really wasn't until years later that I realized he didn't have all the power. I gave him the power because I didn't believe in myself enough to assert my desires, to assert, to stand up for myself and to assert what I wanted and say, no, this is not right. And so I think I had to let go of that limiting belief of like, I didn't have any of the power. He had all the power. I had to let go of that limiting belief if I were to be able to put the past in the past and then to move forward into newer relationships where saying like, if I, if I don't feel like I have power, it's not that I don't have the power. It's because I voluntarily am giving it away. <laughs> so, because it's, nobody can take away your power unless if you give it to them. Mm -hmm. And yes, that might be by making a really poor choice because a poor choice is still a choice, right? So, I mean, I left a marriage in which like my husband was the major breadwinner. And so leaving that, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough to have to walk away from that, but that was really a big limiting belief for me is that he didn't have my power. I gave it to him. And so that helped me to understand for future relationships, what I need to do to be assertive, to show proper boundaries and, um, and to live in my power so that someone can't try to take it away. Yeah. I never thought about it that way that we actually do give it away because huh? we do have that choice. Do we want to give it away or do we want to claim it? You know, <laughs> like yeah. our power. nobody is really that strong to take away our power. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. Nobody is that strong. There has to be some agreement there, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It could be a terrible choice, right? I mean, for some women that I've coached, like 
they're afraid of leaving, um, you know, a situation where they're in an abusive relationship perhaps, but they're like, oh, well, if I leave, I'll, I'll have nothing. Like I'll be on the streets. And I was, okay, I understand that, but you still have a choice. You know, Mm -hmm. like there are many other solutions you could possibly have, but it's still a choice, even though the choice looks terrible right now. Yes. And still being a victim is still a choice, you know, a plain victim. And, but yeah, you know, and unfortunately I was the one who was the abuser, like that, that, that anger that I had so much that was built in from childhood trauma, like bad relationships whatever that I was going through, it was just built up and I never like spoke about it. I was all like inside here. And so I, every time I was getting mad, I would get like really mad, you know, and I would be like the one that was abusive, I believe. And not anymore. I'm, <laughs> and well, yeah, funny. you've been, you've been sober for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because everyone's like, I don't ever see you like that. I said, oh, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was even in jail because of it before in, I guess, one of the boyfriends that I had long, long time ago was like, enough is enough, but I don't blame them. Heck, you know, I don't blame them at all. Good for them, actually, <laughs> that they did that. It's so good that you can talk about it now and you can, you know, it's like the past is in the past, right? And and I understand that like people that are under the influence, once they take that first drink, it's very difficult to be responsible for what you do if you are an active alcoholic after you take the first drink. Yes, you're still accountable for your actions, but your actions take over, take a life of their own almost. Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, in what ways do you think our society would would change if more women live fully in their divine female power? Oh my gosh, it would change so much. <laughs> right? I hope, I hope for that idealistic change. I'm not sure if we'll see it in this lifetime, but I just feel that the world would be a much more peaceful place. <laughs> it would be a nicer place. Um, but here's the thing. The shift is happening, whether we believe it or see it or not. The shift is happening away from the patriarchy. And the reason why it's happening is because the universe has a system of checks and balances. This is really from the yin-yang theory, um, the masculine-feminine, the polarity theory, is that if one thing is in power for too long, it's going to swing to the other side. So that's actually what's happening. The patriarchy has been in power since the dawn of humanity that we know of it. And as we see, like systems are starting to crumble. We see this in, on the world stage, right? Yes. yes. Um, governments are crumbling. Bank systems are crumbling. So many things are crumbling. And it's because it, it's time. Like it's time for those things to crumble. And it's time for the patriarchy's reins to, to loosen up. And what it will look like as the feminine collective reaches the higher state of their femininity, meaning those that higher being, the higher state of being that is operating through truth. Really, let's just say truth, love, compassion, truth. As we operate through our authentic truth of who we are as women, we will begin to rise in power 
the reason why women have struggled so hard to, to gain positions of power and maintain them is because we haven't been living from our authentic truth. We've been living from a masculine perspective, which we're trying to fit a round peg into a square hole. You know, it's, you can't do it. So yes, we've reached positions of power. Yes, we've reached, you know, prominence, but it's never really stuck. It's kind of like we rise up and then something happens. And then all of a sudden you have all these men in positions of power again. And you're like, wait, what happened? I thought we had like more women in government or more women in this corporation. And it's just because for the most part, and this is not like across the board, but for the most part, it's that women have tried to maintain or attain positions of power leadership from a masculine perspective. And so everything will shift once more women are able to hold on to their inner power and live through that. And one of the reasons is because they won't constantly be seeking validation, external validation. Because that's another thing about inner power is that when you know you're living from your authentic truth, you don't need to constantly seek external validation. You just don't. Yeah. Because you know you're living from your authentic truth. Yeah. So you need the approval of others. You won't need to constantly get acknowledgement and validation. You'll just know that what you're doing is the right thing at the right time. Yes. Because for me, it's like, you know, if you like me, cool. If you don't like me, cool. I'm fine either. Or it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me anymore. And if, you know, and, and I don't need validation anymore. I don't need anyone. If someone compliments me, if someone doesn't come to me, I'm fine. I'm neutral both ways. I feel like I don't need a compliment, but if you want to give me one, thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like good inside already. And like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm giving myself kudos. My spirit is giving myself kudos. <laughs> Not in an arrogant way, but more in a loving, compassionate, nurturing way. Like, yeah. oh, it feels so good. And I, oh, I just want all the women to experience this. That's like, I, you'll love it. <laughs> yeah. You'll love it. Now, um, what advice would you give to someone who struggles to find their identity outside of the whole patriarchal structures? Um, here, here's my answer. Test out your theories. Test out your theories. Yeah. I, I just feel that so many women feel that if they start to pull back and live in their feminine energy, that something bad is going to happen. They're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. So let me just give you an example because I work through concrete examples. So let's work, let's, let's say that if a woman who has always acted through yang energy in dating, because I know affairs of the heart are very important to women and men, but women tend to speak a lot with affairs of the heart. Um, when I coach women and they're dating someone and they're having issues and problems, and I notice that they're living more in their yang energy, I say to them, well, what if you were to sit back, relax, get some hobbies, get some friends, (laughs) do other things, forget about this person for a day or two, and just live in your power. Like go do something, sign up for a 5k. I don't care what you do. Just do something, do something else. Well, they get very anxious. They're like, oh my God, well, what if he goes away? What if he never talks to me again? What if he thinks I'm ignoring him? What if he, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? 
And I said, well, so what? So what? So what? Because if you can't live in your feminine energy and feel comfortable in it, then how do you expect him to feel comfortable with you? Because he's not going to, because you don't feel comfortable with yourself. Mm -hmm. So like I said, test your theory. So test your theory. If you feel that if I can't, if I have to act like a man at work, and work all these ungodly hours, like 16 hour days, just to try to get ahead and impress the boss. Test your theory, like work that lauded amount of hours you're supposed to work, work diligently while you're at work. But when it's time to go home, it's time to go home. And you tell your company, I don't take calls after hours. I don't take calls on the weekends. I don't answer emails on the weekends or, you know, Test your theory. The more women that say, as a woman, I work in different rhythms, biorhythms than men, and therefore I will be present when I am here with you. But when I am not, I'm not. <laughs> like, you know, test your theories. And I think the more women that test their theories by living in their inner power, the more we'll be giving examples to other women to say, hey, you can do this. If you lose one job, so be it. That job wasn't meant for you. You will find another one. (laughs) If you lose the guy, so be it. The right guy will come along. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, yes. And I notice a lot of women are leaving corporate America. They're just like, I am done. And then you're so right about, you know, test the theory and see what works best for you. But yeah, yeah, don't be a yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, to everything. Pause, slow down a little bit here <laughs> and bring your best energy at home. I always say your family deserves your best energy or your loved ones, whoever your loved ones are, deserve your best energy, not work. <laughs> and I, you know, big, I'm a big believer in work and um, your mission in life. And I do like, I'm, I love what I do, of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But I do believe that you do have to show up and give it your all, whatever you're, you happen to be doing, whether, you know, you go to an outside job or inside, you know, you're working from home or you're volunteering at a, your child's school, whatever you happen to be doing, do it well, but mm-hmm. don't do it against yourself. Exactly. Because a lot of women, even in volunteering roles, which I saw when I was a stay-at-home mom and I saw moms volunteering at the schools, like they were making themselves crazy volunteering Mm -hmm. and their children were suffering because they were spending all their hours volunteering. So it's that it, it all goes back to that balance within yourself. Do you believe in yourself enough to give back to yourself, to live a balanced life and The feminine is a lot about balance because look at mother nature, right? That's Mm. like the great reference point. Look at mother nature. When it's time for winter, mother nature doesn't go, hold on, wait, we need more autumn, (laughs) right? Or let's go back (laughs) to summer. (laughs) Right. Yes. And um, I was talking about my, my, my group that I'm in called the collective and we do support each other so much. And I, and I love that community. Community is really good to have. Um, Make sure it's the right one for you that aligns with you, but how can uh, women support each other in awakening and owning their inner divine feminine? Yeah. I mean, women in community is totally amazing. I love that. And 
As someone, me firsthand, who struggled with female relationships for a very, very, very long time, because I had a very tumultuous, tumultuous relationship with my mother. And I always got along better with guys. And so I shied away from having really close female relationships, not when I was a youth, but more as an adult. Um, it is really important that you foster female friendships. And I, this is something I've strived to do, um, especially after the more recent spiritual awakening that happened again uh, back in 2018. But I came to the realization that I really needed to nurture those feminine relationships because we do need to support one another. So whether that is at your local gym or at work or uh, mentoring women, for example, mentoring young women is going to be extremely important moving forward because women are awakening, like having their spiritual awakening earlier and earlier and earlier, like in their late teens and early twenties. And a lot of them don't know what to do with this energy that they are receiving just this amazing awakening to spirit, to source and um, mentoring women is going to come extremely as an importance as we move forward. Um, but just allowing women to be in this space of receptivity, I think by non-judgment and Gina, it does seem like you've already achieved that with other women in your environment, but a lot of women haven't. And so I think that um, the the more you can stay away from comparison or just judging other women, um, either on social media, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your environment, let's look at everyone as spiritual beings having a human experience. And I know it's hard because judgment and competition is just so part of us, our culture, who we are. Um, and if you don't think you're judgmental, you're wrong. And I learned this the hard way because <laughs> I, okay. So let me just tell you this quick story about yeah. judgmental. Cause I think that's something we all struggle with. Yeah. And I think discernment is really important. And sometimes we mix up judgment and discernment no, please, 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 please be discerning. Discernment is so important. You need to know what red flags are when you meet people and when you're in relationships with people. But judgment is like seeing the beautiful woman at the gym and going, that biatch, <laughs> she's so beautiful. What is she doing? She looks like, Aww. you know, I mean, yeah, right? That yeah, happens. it does, it, yeah. Is, that happens. Um, but yeah, have proper discernment. So when I was in 2010, I attended one of the Chopra center events with Deepak Chopra. I had this, I had graduated with my Vedic master and I had a, this free ticket to do a meditation retreat. And my friend encouraged me to do something called seduction of silence. It was a three day silent meditation retreat in the midst of a bigger meditation retreat where people were able to talk. So like our small group, we still had to have like certain sessions with the bigger group. And then we had our individual sessions where we couldn't talk. So it was just like, we couldn't talk 24 hours a day for three days. Oh my God. Talk about crazy mind, the crazy mind that wants to say something. And during those three days of silence, I realized how judgmental I was because I'm sitting in the group and I hear this woman talking and I'm saying to myself, 
oh my God, her voice is so grating. And then this other person's talking and I'm like, what are they talking about? That's total BS. And I'm just judging, 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 judging. And I'm like, wow, I am very judgmental. This is terrible. But it's often because we don't hear our inner dialogue, right? We don't hear the inner dialogue going on because we're too busy doing stuff. And um, when you take time to get quiet, you realize, wow, as human beings, we are really judgmental. And so I would say to help yourself and help other women is just quiet that voice of judgment. And that will really help you a long way. And don't, don't admonish yourself. Don't punish yourself. Don't say you're a terrible person. Just be aware of it. Awareness is key. And we're human beings, you know, we're learning. (laughs) We were conditioned. We're trying to break out of this conditioned system. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So in your book, you talk about relaxing into our divine feminine power. Can you explain what that relaxation feels or looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It feels like lack of effort, which is amazing. And it's almost scary, right? Um, In Deepak Chopra's book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, um, the fourth, I think it's a fourth law is called the law of least effort. And it's something that I studied for years. And that's really what it feels like. It feels like I don't need to expend a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And it's also about being open to like being open to receiving. So at the same time, it's like sitting back, relaxing, not putting in so much effort, but it's also this openness to receive, which many women have a hard time doing. Women by nature are givers, right? We give the milk of human kindness to yeah. humanity, right? Mm-hmm. We That's what we're designed to do. We give birth, right? Yes. So it's like we are designed to be givers, but we have such a tough time receiving and the ultimate of being in your feminine power is being open to receiving. It's like having your hands open instead of your fists clenched, having your heart open instead of your heart closed. And it's literally like just being open and receptive and saying, okay, universe, I am open to receiving So for example, let me give you a very concrete example. If someone gives you a compliment instead of going, oh yeah, you too, you too, you too, you know, (laughs) thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And that's it, Mm -hmm. right? If someone offers to pay for dinner or lunch or breakfast, thank you so much. Instead of like flipping out your credit card and saying, no, I'm going to do it. (laughs) So it's just practicing continually being open to receiving And having gratitude for receiving as well and congratulating yourself. So like even the sun, right? When you receive the sunlight, thank you so much for this beautiful sun that is coming into my life. Um, One of the mentors that I followed for a very long time was Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he had this practice where he would see even a penny on the ground and he would say, Thank you, God, for this continual display of abundance that continues to show up in my life. So, and that's the gift of receiving, right? It's just, it's a penny. Who cares? Everyone just throws a penny. (laughs) Like, 
Thank you universe for this display of abundance that continues to show up in my life. And so it's about receiving, receiving a hug, receiving love. Even if someone smiles at you, just receiving that smile. Yeah. And women have such a hard time doing this. And I think that's part of the, the blockage mm-hmm. that a lot of women have in, in growing into their divine power is that they have blocked the flow of receiving because when you give constantly, you don't leave room for the receiving. Yes. It's like that exchange. I remember I was always giving, 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 giving. And then it was, you're right. It was hard for me to receive anything back. I'm like, Oh, can I do this? We're like, no, 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 I got it. No, I got it. (laughs) No, I don't got it. (laughs) Get it. Gina. (laughs) get it. (laughs) So yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Oh, so slowing down and then being able to receive because a lot of us just didn't. So I remember those then. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to go ahead and find your book and they want to go ahead and work with you or just to find you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, my YouTube channel is at Michelle Fondant Author. You'll find videos on The Empowered Divine Feminine and other of my published books as well on Twin Flames if you happen to be interested. All of my published books, you can find them on Amazon. And that's it. <laughs> and go to her YouTube channel. Amazing videos. I was having a blast. I was like cooking and wa- listening and watching it at the same time. It was just so much fun. So much. You're very knowledgeable. That's why you've written like oh. 11 books. <laughs> so amazing. Um, but f- finally, what message do you hope readers take away from the empowered divine feminine? That your power is within you. You don't have to go out and get it. It is there. You just have to access that inner power. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.